Welcome to the Prospect League Podcast, the podcast for the past, present, and future of the Prospect League, the home of elite college baseball players from across the country. I'm Lucas Burris, back for another edition of the Prospect League Podcast, our second in-season episode of the 2023 season. Excited to be back to recap some standings, some look at some leaderboards, and to interview a very exciting guest this week. We will get to all of it. We will not take too much of your time, and we'll give you another enjoyable episode of the Prospect League podcast here on a Monday after almost concluding the third week of the season. Let's dive right into today's Prospect League podcast. Let's check into the Prospect League standings. Let's start in the Eastern Conference for the Lafayette Aviators. They lead the Ohio River Valley Division with a 10-6 and record, but the Chillicothe Paints are right on their tail at 10-7, and just a half game back. Then the Johnstown Millrats, who were leading this division for a majority of last week, are now 8-8 eight eight on the year, just a few games back. And the Champion City Kings sit in last place at 5-10 and on the season. In the Wabash River Division, still in the East, the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes lead this one with an 8-7 and record, but the normal Corn Belters right behind them at 9-8. and eight. Then Rex is 7-7, seven and seven, and Danville 7-10, and ten, a very tight division between these four teams every team with at least seven wins the leader with only eight and normal in second with nine on the year moving over to the western conference the great river division the clinton lumber kings have opened up a large lead they have an 11 and 6 record on the year the pistol shrimp of illinois valley sit in second at six and ten then the quincy gems in third at six and twelve then the Burlington Bees at 4-10, and 10, so a nice lead for the Lumber Kings in the West Great River Division. And then finally in the Prairie Land Division, the Cape Catfish, a nice lead, but not big, too big, I should say, as they sit at 14-2 and two on the season. Then the Thrillville Thrillbillies at 9-6 and six on the season. The O'Fallon Hoots at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Alton River Dragons at 8-9. And, and the Jackson Rockabillies in last in this division at 6-10. and 10. Another tightly contested division, but the Catfish have a nice lead that they've built. The question is, can they stay there after losing their undefeated record starting 12-0 on the year? That was a prospect league record for the Cape Catfish. Let's now look at some team batting leaders here in the Prospect League before we talk about our rating Prospect League Hitter of the Week, our Baseball Notes Bulletproof Hitter of the Week. Let's look at the team batting side of things. In runs, the Cape Catfish leading the way still with 152 on the season. In hits, it's the Chillicothe Paints at 193. In doubles, the Clinton Lumber Kings at 48. In triples, the Johnstown Millrats at 11. In home runs, the Chillicothe Paints at 18 on the year. In walks, the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes with 105. In hit by pitch, the Horseshoes as well with 41. In strikeouts, the Cape Catfish lead the way with the least amount in the league at 101. In steals, the Clinton Lumber Kings at 60 on the season. An average is a tie between the Cape Catfish and the Chilcoffee Paints, both teams hitting 333 on the season. An on-base percentage, it goes back to the Catfish at 450. And in slugging percentage, the Cape Catfish and the Chilcoffee Paints tied again at 492. For some individual batting leaders, Cape still near the top of these leaderboards, but lots of new names coming into here at almost the conclusion of week three. In runs, Chris Hall leads the way for the Cape Catfish, 27 runs on the season. He also still leading the league in hits at 29, but his gap has become much, much closer than it was last week. In runs batted in, that's Artillo Dizla of the Chillicothe Paints, 33 on the season. 
and doubles Max Holly for the Clinton Lumber Kings up to 11 on the year. And triples, we've got two players in this league tied at four sitting in first place. For home runs, Arturo Dizla again for the Chili Coffee Paints, six home runs now on the season. In walks, that's sprawling for the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. He's got 16 on the year. And hit by pitches, we've got two players in the league tied at 10. In steals, we've got two players in the league tied at 18 on the year. Batting average, we go back to Chris Hall, 492 still on the season. On base percentage, Chris Hall, 610 on base percentage for the season. But slugging percentage, that goes to Arturo Dizla of the Paints, 836 slugging percentage so far this season. Our baseball notes bulletproof hitter of the week this past week was Brody Christman of the Cape Catfish. His week two line of 444 average with eight hits, eight runs, 13 RBIs, three home runs, and a 1-6-0-0 OPS. Just fantastic week for Brody Christman being named our second prospect league hitter of the week for baseball notes bulletproof hitter of the week. Let's now dive into the pitching side of things for the team leaders to start. For runs, the Cape Catfish have given up the least amount of runs in the Prospect League so far with 55. In hits, it goes to Rex at 113 hits given up this year. That's the least amount in the league. In walks, the Cape Catfish have only given up 66 this year. And strikeouts, that goes to the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp. They've struck out 148 on the mound already. And in ERA, the Cape Catfish, 3-3-7 to lead the Prospect League. In the individual side of things, and wins three is the magic number. That's the most in the prospect league so far. Two players in the league tied at three. Lots of players sitting with two wins in the season, but two at the three mark so far this season. In saves, that's Zabrowski for the Aviators. He's got five on the year already. Two more than the next closest in the prospect league. In innings, that's Casey for normal. Two, 22 and two-thirds innings of work so far for Casey with normal. And strikeouts, that goes to Sebastian Gonzalez for the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp. 33 on the season so far. Earned run average, it's Colin for the Aviators. A one or a 0.00. .00. ERA for Colin for the Aviators and then strikeouts per nine Sebastian Gonzalez for the Pistol Shrimp 15-9-1 strikeouts per nine for Colin and the Aviators wanted to get to that he's the only man left with a 0, 0.0 ERA qualified so far Gonzalez for the Pistol Shrimp next closest he's sub one but there's a race for Colin right now to see how long he can stay as the prospect league leader and ERA is the only man unscathed he's given up four runs this year but zero of them have been earned so still sticking with that zero Point zero ERA. Our armcare.com pitcher of the week this week in the prospect league was Bode Gebnick of the normal corn belters. His week two stat line, he went one game, seven innings of work, one and no win-loss record, no runs, two hits, no walks, five strikeouts, and a zero point zero zero ERA. That wraps up our recap of this past week in the prospect league with our armcare.com pitcher of the week. It's time to dive in our into our interview this week on the Prospect League podcast. We're going to sit down with Cape Catfish president, Glenn Campbell. He's going to talk about the fantastic start for the Cape Catfish after setting the record for a 12-0 start to the season, the best start in Prospect League history. The Cape Catfish currently sitting at a 14-2 record on the season. That's the best record in the Prospect League. Glenn Campbell sat down with me to talk about how much fun he's having so far in the Prospect League. He is honest. He is open. He's going to tell you all the fun thing that's going down for Cape or for the Catfish down in Cape this season so far. Let's head right to it. Let's head to our interview with Cape Catfish President Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell, welcome to the Prospect League podcast. It's good to have you here. 
good to be here man it's monday morning man ready to roll <laughs> everyone's gonna everyone's gonna see this on a monday too we're rolling it out day of should be exciting but let's start with the big question glenn it's it's been a fun start for the cape catfish 14 and 2 on the season so far just been great on the field a 12 and 0 start the best start in prospect league history you know what has gone so well uh that you've seen for your team this season well it's it's, it's crazy you know you look on paper mark hogan put this team together uh, we've been looking at it for nine months and on paper it looked great, but you know, early in the season. And again, it's still early. We're 14 and two. And we're excited, but people are just now getting guys back. We've still got guys coming. So you don't know how good you are early. And then all of a sudden you start winning and you win by a lot of runs. And then you're going, man, are we this good? And then all of a sudden you've, you know, we've lost a couple of games the last week. And so we're 14 and two. But you know, we've we've got a good group. I think the most impressive part is how this group has come together so quickly. A bunch of strangers, for the most part, have come together pretty quickly. So, yeah, we're excited about the start, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So we, we got a lot of work to do for sure. I was going to say, in the prospect league, it'd just be how fast you can get a championship in the first half, and then you can cruise <laughs> in the second half, too. So Exactly you know, right. That's you guys point. are doing good, but I agree with you. I keep All I keep hearing is how good the Cape Catfish are going to get, too, how good of players you guys still have coming in as well. So I think that's an exciting portion for you guys and just how good it's been. But I was talking to Chris Hall. Uh, last week and I wanted to bring this up to you as well he's been talking about just how you know fun it's been how good of an infrastructure you guys have built how fun they've been together you know what did you kind of have a hand in that or how did you guys make sure that you were able to do that for the guys who were coming in yeah my 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 purpose was to come in here and look at things besides the on-field part and because you talk to a lot of directors in this league it's great if you're great on the field but if you can't make any money you won't be around long and so we've got to get this to be a profitable venture uh, at least a break-even venture so that you can continue to maybe then go out and get sponsors and make it a profitable venture. So that was my deal. And I knew to do that, you know, the Savannah Bananas, I mean, that's the big name out there, but really entertainment's been part of sports forever. Look at the NBA, look at, look at the NFL. I mean, it's, 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 it's entertainment. And then all of a sudden you look up and there's a score, but that's, that's how this has got to be. People are talking about some of the stuff we're doing on the field. The sponsors are talking about, you know, how do I get on the home run deck, man? That looks like a party out there. And so when I hear that stuff, 14 and two has, has absolutely helped this thing out. But if we were seven and seven or eight and eight or whatever, I still think we would be moving forward because of the things that Chris Hall talked about. I mean, and he, and again, he bought in. I asked these guys to buy in the meeting before we ever started playing. And I said, guys, I need you dancing. I need you throwing beach balls in the stands. I need you doing interviews and him and, uh, and, and Brody Crisman and Carinchy, um, um Clark. I mean, uh, we've had some guys that have stepped up and been leaders. Not everybody's got big personalities, but man, every team, every team's got them. You just got to pull them out and, and, and then let your fans Chris Holland from here, but they've adopted him like he is. And, that, and, and I think he feels that and it, and it helps bring people to the, to the, to the games. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about this league is how you get some guys who come into it and they become a part of a community they've never seen before and they've never heard of before. But by year's end or sometimes two weeks into the season, here we go. And this kid is is a legend in Cape at this point. So, yep. you know, looking at those teams, you know, you talked about your your leaders on the field and stuff. How much fun has it been just to watch them be able to do what you just mentioned from, you know, stuff they've done in the field from Chris Hall and Brody Christmas, even Eddie White, who's leading you guys on the mound at this point. You know, what have you been able to see, you know, from your team on the field, but also what you just mentioned and how fun it's been just watching them get embraced by a community. 
It's incredible. Whitey is a Simo guy, so people knew him, but he didn't get a, a he only pitched like 15 innings last year. And I think Seymour's looking at this going, All right, now we got maybe our weekend starter. And that it's been fun watching him develop. Even guys that are quiet like Whitey, you can tell he loves it, smiles when he sees it. We've got this deal at the end of the game where you put on a green jacket. So it's player of the game, the green jacket, and whoever won the green jacket the time before gets to put on, you know, a green jacket on the next person. We've only, we've lost one at home, one on the road. These guys are protecting their territory because they want to put a green jacket on somebody. So I don't know. It's just, you know, when you start creating stuff like that, uh, I have ideas, but these guys execute the ideas. My, my team, I, I call them the catfish team Four four young ladies who have done a great job of doing that for me. So it's cool to see the ideas, but it's even cooler to watch them, you know, come to life and people go, oh, that is cool, you know, and the players to really like it. So it's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. And this is your first season in the league, too. So, you know, you're jumping right into it. What has that been, you know, what you were expecting versus what you've seen so far? You know, how have you gauged what's happened? And, you know, how has, you know, maybe your mind changed about some things, but, you know, how have your expectations changed as you've jumped into this first season? This it's crazy. I, you know, I, I, I built a business way back in the day, you know, called lids. And, um, you know, that was difficult uh, over 25 years. You surround yourself with great people and that's the key to any business, any team. Right. And, and in this thing, it's no different. You know, Mark Hogan, Cindy Gannon, Donna Wheeler, Eli Campbell, my son, you know, we've had a good nucleus here helping us out, but this is much more difficult than I gave it credit for. You know, you see a little business here that's you know, we're only open for business 29 days. We have 29 days. That's it. We don't own the stadium, none of that. So before we get nothing, after we get nothing, we have 29 days, you know, 29 games and 65 days to, to make money. So that is way more difficult than you think because you can't take a night off. Um, you know, you have a bad week in business. You got 365 days. You got 52 weeks. You can have a bad week in June and, you know, we'll get back on it. We'll maybe hire somebody or we'll motivate the crew. Well, you, you take a bad week off here, that's four games. That could be the difference between you making money and not making money. And so the players, same thing. You have a bad week, all of a sudden, you fall four games behind. I mean, it goes quick. So it goes quick, and I think, you know, there are there are a lot of things I wanted to do that I just cannot do this year. And I said, okay, let's do the best we can with the eight or ten things we're focusing on. And then next year, we'll add some more to that. But, man, it's once it gets going, it's a roller coaster. You don't stop. So no, it is. It is. The train is on the tracks and there is no stopping that train, but you guys yeah. have done some ex exciting stuff already. You just did a specialty Jersey night with flag day. How did that go for you, you guys? Look great out there. I love those jerseys. You know, how was that first kind of, I think that was your first venture into specialty yep. jerseys. How'd that, how'd that night go for you? I, uh, we loved it. It was a day game. We've never, I don't know. In the, I don't know what the prospect league is, but there's not a whole lot of two o'clock matinees. And I just no. thought I'd try it because Wednesdays were our worst days and we had six of them. You know, the schedule, who knows, you know, the schedule gets is the schedule and you're dealt that hand. And I said, you know what, let's what's going on on a couple of these days and flag day, which here in the Midwest, Cape Girardeau, especially, we love our veterans. We honor our veterans. And it was really cool. We had 400 plus people out there. I saw people that could never come to a game because maybe they don't stay up late at night, some older folks. And um, it was cool. We had a 99 year old lady, you know, World War II vet throw out a pitch. We had a 90 year old man who was a Korean War vet. I mean, it just all the players that national anthem i will never forget the looks on their faces and the just the pride and thankfulness 
they just saw three people that fought in wars to keep them free to allow them to play baseball. And even this generation of young kids where people go, oh, they don't get it. Yeah, these young men who are 19, 20, 21, they, they got it. They had tears in their eyes. They looked, it was the most serious yet cool national anthem I'd ever seen. So yeah, it, it was uh, it was fun. And plus the theme jerseys, they're cool. We gave those away. We actually uh, raised about $2,000 for the Avenue of Flags project. And we're, um, we're going to do one more. I'd like to do about one a week, but the expense and the, yep. just the logistics of it, we're going to do an Alzheimer's awareness in uh, July. So uh, I think it's fun. I think the kids like doing it. There's some guys that Quincy does a great job. I mean, there's guys in this league kicking my butt at that. So I got to get my, I can get my theme Jersey game on a little better next year, but we're doing a couple of them and I think we're learning some things. So it's good. Yeah. I think everyone's trying to catch up in the, in the theme Jersey game with some of the teams <laughs> in this league, but you mentioned a little bit without times awareness. What are some other things you guys have planned this year that you want to talk about to make people aware of what Cape's doing down there? Yeah, we've got a, we've got, we were just, I just met with my social media manager Maddox this morning and we were talking we got to start looking a week at a time because I've been looking game at a time. And I go, man, we've got a lot of stuff going on, but it's national catfish day on Sunday. So this weekend we're having some fun um, next week. I've just, I just talked to Ralph and, and those guys over at thrill thrillville. Um, we're doing a rivalry series. We play these guys 12 times, but the schedule makers did a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're there Wednesday. They're here Thursday. We're there Friday. So it's a three game mini series inside the season. They're our biggest rival. They're back like oh, they're only four games in back, but for the first half lead. And so we have the mini series and we've got a trophy that we're having. It's going to, it's got the two states. It's going to call Battle of the Border. And so those three games, every year we're going to ask the schedule makers to do three games like that back to back to back or a double header in another game, something where it's back to back where the fans are. We're only an hour and 15 minutes apart. Maybe the fans from both places will go back to back. And if they win it, we're going to hand them the trophy on the field. If we win it, they'll hand us the trophy. And both newspapers cover both cities, you know, so the the, the news stations cover both. So we're, we're going to try to kind of create a, a cool little rivalry. I love those guys, win or lose, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, the players, we had a little deal this last time uh, where Ralph disagreed with the call and, and – uh, left early in the game. And so there is a little bit of a rival. We, they're trying to give us our first loss and they should have that night. They outplayed us, but we won three to one. Um, so yeah, it's, it, you know, we're trying to just build something up to where the fans, you need stuff to talk about on social media. The league needs stuff to talk about. And if we can create a little mini series, so that's cool. Um, we got a lot of uh, nights coming up where we're doing different food tastings and stuff. So, you know, it's just, I put a promotional calendar together and I wanted something to happen every night. Now, not every night's as big as other nights, but we had a Monday here last week where we had a thousand people. It's the biggest crowd we've ever had during a weekday. And for us, that is a huge Monday night. We, you know, so I'm hoping that tonight, maybe we, we get that deal where, you know, Mondays and Wednesdays and Tuesdays, nobody wants to play on those days. Well, so far they've been our biggest days. So we haven't had a weekend here yet. So this will be our first weekend. So, you know, the schedule makers are crazy, but you got to find ways to make Mondays, Saturdays in this deal or, or else you don't make money. So, yeah, yeah. Every day in this league is the count what we talked about before, but I got one final question for you before sure. I let you wrap it up a little bit, but you know, we, we always talk about the love of the game here on the prospect league podcast, and you're coming back to the game of baseball here. So what drew you back to the catfish? I love hearing you talk about everything you've been excited to do so far. So where is the game of baseball to you? You know, why are you back here at the catfish in the prospect league? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, I've always loved this game. It's the only game that I ever played 
um, at, at a decent level. And I wasn't a great player, but I, but I was one of those little gritty dirt bags that used to call them. And, you know, I'd let the ball hit me in the chin and I'd throw a guy out and I'd bunt for a hit. And I was that kind of guy. And I loved the game. And, uh, you know, I'd go to Cardinal games. I'm, I'm, you know, Scott Rowland is a friend of mine. I've been done some stuff with his charity. Ollie Marmel, the current manager is a guy I call a friend. And so I've, I've been around the game and with lids, I was always around sports. Um, and so I don't know, man, I'm, I'm semi-retired. I've, I've, I've got a place at the lake. So I enjoy that. And all of a sudden I get talked into coming back and doing something. Um, but I think, you know, the question is why, why, what drew me back? I just, just the love for the game, man. It's um, to give back to, to young kids like this, who, you know, people, people don't understand how important this summer league is for some of these kids. Most of our kids, and I bet the league can say the same thing. They were redshirted. Uh, they had an injury. They didn't get playing time. They thought they would. They got beat out for a spot, and they're trying to go back to Florida State, to Arkansas, to to Belmont, to wherever. And with this portal, man, what these guys do right now is important. We got six or eight guys in the portal right now, or guys that aren't getting any scholarship. They're going, man, I'm going to show my coach that you know I deserve some scholarship money. So you know, we're looking at the entertainment side. We want to make money, but um, on the field side, it's about developing these players and wins and losses. Nobody wants to say, Hey, come on out and see the two and 14 catfish. You'd rather say, come out and see the 14 and two catfish. But regardless of that, it's important to me. Um, I started the Missouri bulls. It was a, a process or a, a travel team. And my goal was to get kids college scholarships. Well, in the seven or eight years I had it, 75 kids went on to play college baseball, got some sort of money, and we made no money. We lost money, in fact. This venture is a lot like that. We're not going to make a lot of money doing this, but if we give kids a great experience, we give fans a great experience, these kids, maybe maybe this gets this kid signed at Belmont. Maybe he becomes a starter somewhere, and it changes his life. So I don't know. I think that probably is the biggest thing for me is what can we give back to these to these kids? And in turn, I ask these kids to – Give me a little love on the field. Hey, if I need you to do some things on and off the field, please do it for me because on the field, we're going to give you every opportunity to be successful. So, so far it's worked. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I love that answer. I think a lot of people in this league view it like that as well. And I think it's a good thing for the fans to know as well, you know, the perspective of somebody who's all the way up there, you know, looking down on this. So I'll give you that one final closing thought to the catfish fans that are watching to the average fan that are watching. What do you want them to know about the Cape catfish or what do you want to say? Thanks maybe to somebody as well. What are your final thoughts here on your, your edition of the prospect yeah. league podcast? Well, first of all, I'm gonna tell you the league, the league, the league office, which you're part of, you guys do an incredible job. You have 17 of us yahoos out here, you know, throwing you guys information, you and Jacob and the commissioner. I mean, there is a, there is a ton. So what you guys do for this league is incredibly important and i can't i can't thank you guys enough i mean this podcast is one thing people can say what they want it takes a lot of work to do podcasts to get to get lineups in to get all the stuff so we what you guys do to make this league what it is 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 very important i i, I let people know that these prospect leagues games are they're legit so whether it's quincy or or chillicothe or here or thrillville or jackson or wherever you're going i mean come out and support these kids it's a you want to you want an inexpensive family fun night out? Try it once. There's so many people that we've gotten into the stadium this year that have never been to a game, and I go, my God, we're right here. It's nine bucks. I mean, the buckets of beers are twenty. I mean, a soda's two. I mean, this is about as cheap as you'll find it, especially today after COVID. You won't find a more wholesome, fun uh, atmosphere. And I've I've went to Alton 
I went to O'Fallon. I went to Jackson. I went to Marion, other teams in our division. It's all like that. So I would, I would ask people, if you hear this and see this, get out and give your local team a chance. If you're a catfish fan, come out and give us a chance. And if you, you got suggestions, we're right here. If you want to be part of this thing, we can let you somehow, some way we can get your Cub Scout group on. We can get your church group in. We can, whatever you want to do, we can do it because this is a local community deal. So uh, I appreciate you having me on. Um, thanks again for what you and Jacob do. And man, I uh, hope we can just keep the, the catfish rolling. And like you said, the first half is my goal. After that, I'm going to sit back and maybe take like, a day off. I was like, cruise a little <laughs> bit in that second half. Grab that first half title and cruise a little bit in that Woo! second half. But Amen, uh, Glenn, man. thank you so much for joining me. I really loved your messages today and good luck to the catfish the rest of the life. All right, man. Take care. We'll talk soon. A big thank you again to Cape Catfish President Glenn Campbell for joining me on the Prospect League podcast. I really enjoyed that interview with Glenn and all the exciting things they're doing down there with Cape this season. Before we wrap up this episode of the Prospect League podcast, let's dive into, like we always do, three things you need to know about the Prospect League right now. The College World Series kicked off this weekend, this past weekend, with Four Prospect League alumni competing across the three of eight teams in the College World Series. All three teams are still alive, but there's action happening today as Tennessee and 2021 Johnstown Millrat Christian Scott will be facing off against Stanford in an elimination game today at 2 p.m. Eastern. So check that out and see if a Prospect League alumni can stay alive in the College World Series. We've also got LSU and Oral Roberts with Prospect League alumni as well. For more information on all of our players in this year's tournament, head to prospectleague.com. Tomorrow, we will have the fourth ever or fourth edition of the 2023 season free game of the week on Prospect League TV as the Jackson Rockabillies will host the Burlington Bees at 7 p.m. Central on Tuesday night. Remember, you don't need to log in. You don't need to sign up. You do not need to have a subscription to watch the free game of the week. So make sure you check that out. If you want the quick link, just head to the Prospect League website, prospectleague.com. It'll be right there. It'll say free game of the week. You'll be able to click right through it and watch Tuesday night as the Jackson Rockabillies host the Burlington Bees. And a reminder that a new set of Prospect League Players of the Week will be announced this Wednesday, as we will always do this season on Wednesday. So we'll have a new Baseball Notes Bulletproof Hitter of the Week, a new ArmCare.com Pitcher of the Week. So be on the lookout for that on our social media pages and, of course, at ProspectLeague.com. But that wraps up our second in-season episode of the Prospect League Podcast. Thanks to Glenn Campbell for joining me for this edition. Congrats to the Cape Catfish on their 14-2 and two start. And the race is on. Next week, we're going to be diving right into how serious some of these divisional races are. We're not there yet, but the first half of the first half has already concluded. We're 15 games in already, and we only play 30 in the first half. We'll talk about it next week, but it's been exciting. First three weeks of the Prospect League season. Thanks for joining me on another edition of the Prospect League podcast. Until next time, it's Lucas Burris signing off on the Prospect League podcast.